For over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the old Republic. Before the dark times. Before the Empire. Now. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, Chris Dolly back with another Journal of the Jedi, and this time I'm going to be sitting here talking to a guy who may have or may not have seen a Star Wars movie. It, it, it's, it's still in debate. He may or may not have seen a comic book. Uh, he's a host of a Star Wars podcast. I'm going to let you tell, let him tell you all about it, Mr. Michael Emke. Michael, how you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Nice. So, yeah, that. Tell everybody what you do, what you're about, what got you into Star Wars, and of course your show. Let's let's learn a little bit about um, you here. What I do, well, real job until uh, Sunday the nineteenth <laughs> is I'm a audio engineer slash stagehand at Walt Disney World, uh, mainly at the Epcot Park. And um, besides that, I'm also a host of Wookie Radio of Mighty Marvel Geeks, of Weeby Geeks, owner of all three shows, producer of all three shows, um, also owner of the Weeby Geeks Podcast Collective, which is, uh, I guess you call it a Weeby, a uh, podcast network. It's just I don't want to use the word network anymore. I, I want to be different. So I remember us having um, that conversation before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's getting to the point it's like everyone is calling their podcast a podcast and yeah wookie radio just happened to be different i mean are we truly on a radio station well sort of we're on a disney internet radio station called sorcerer radio every saturday nice but it's one of those um and mighty marvel geeks is there as well but it's just one of those in the Star Wars universe. Who cares? It, it's it's radio. Um, we're we're we treat it almost like we're a a um, radio talk show on a on the Holonets. Well, there you go, so to speak. Um, so, um, plus, Wookie Radio just sounds so cool. It does. I was I was surprised. I was surprised it was available when we. <laughs> went with it um i'm actually kind of jealous i i I was actually very proud of journal of the jedi until i heard wookie radio and was like man that's just so much better (laughs) then you look at some of the other uh podcasts out there it's like those are cool names too i'm so so (laughs) glad i didn't go that direction or that show wouldn't existed the same way it does now but it's cool seeing some of the other names out there. One of my favorites. Uh, I, I'm I'm heavy heavy into the uh, the the uh, role play uh, people doing like tabletop Dungeons and Dragons style shows. Right, and, right. and I discovered a, a troupe that was doing uh, the new Star Wars, the Edge of the uh, Edge of the Empire uh, game system, oh. and okay. uh, they call their show uh, "Dumb Scum and Villainy" because oh, wow. uh, the the production company is Dumb Dumbs and Dice, so the show is "Dumb Scum and Villainy." And it, it, oh, that's cool! It's absolutely hilarious of a show, but I just I love that name. <laughs> uh, I have a D and D role play group, a role role play show on the collective called Dirge of Dragons. Don't tell me that. If you're a DM, we we will be talking. I'm not. I'm not a DM. I kind I haven't played in over twenty five years. 
We have a sister channel called uh, uh, Sounds Dicey Gaming, and that was launched primarily for tabletop roleplay. We were doing a fifth edition uh, campaign of Dungeons and Dragons that we were calling Chronicles of the Lost Realm, and it was actually a really decent show. We lost our DM. And the show oh, has been on hiatus while I've been searching for a new DM. And uh, people have been begging for the show to come back. And it's hard to find a DM that, like, you know, wants to create their own world. But I right. want to keep what's already been done canon. So it's like, can you build off of this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Type yeah. deal. <laughs> well, if it tells you how long it's been since I've played. Right. Forgotten Realms was and Oriental Adventures had just been out maybe two, three years. So second edition, yeah, you're yeah. You're, you're a man who still appreciates Thacko. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, TSR was still in existence at yeah. the time. You know what? I was I was one of those I was one of those D and D purists. I'm not going to lie. I I was against when Wizard of the Coast took it over, and uh, I don't even know who has it now. I'm I'm not sure if Wizard still has them or not. But uh, I think Wizard still does. I, it took it took up until fifth edition for me to pick up D and D again after TSR lost it. Um, I just I was a purist. I didn't believe in the twenty uh, the D twenty system that they were now putting out and everything. I was just eh, no, you're, you're changing it. You're you're dumbifying it. You're turning it. You're turning it into uh, Magic the Gathering light. Yeah, but fifth edition is actually pretty fun. I can't lie. <laughs> Well, I had just for the sake of having it. Um, I don't even know what game system it was for, uh, but I did have a a D one hundred. Oh wow, D one hundred I. Yeah, it's basically a ball. It's basically a ball. Practically a golf ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, you you say that you, you know uh, on Wookie Radio, getting back onto the topic at hand, uh, you say that you you know. You, you treat it more like a uh, a hollow net thing. So obviously, as I know, you do have guests on the show. And yep. what are, what are usually your topics of conversation like? How, is it more like a radio drama program, or is it? No, um, it's just three of us getting together each week. And if we have guests, it's a conversational type interview where you know, say we're at. You know, Star Wars, uh, Star Wars celebration, or at a comic convention, um, and we just happen to go someplace to to grab a bite to eat at at the end of the day, right? And we're just sitting down and and uh, just you know, shooting the bull <laughs> and uh, don't know if you allow swearing on your shows, but oh yeah, yeah. You're, you're uh, we we keep we keep ours family friendly. Um, well, being so, on being on Disney's radio uh, radio's internet radio station, you have to. <laughs> well, it, it's not Disney owned; it's a fan run. Okay, station, but they still keep the same philosophy. Yeah, you know. Plus, plus, I, I try and keep my shows family friendly anyway, because um, you never know who who's going to be listening, and yeah, you know, I, I want it to be safe for people to listen to at work. Well, no, I get, I get that, and I used to, I used to hold that philosophy, especially when we were on a uh, internet radio program called, uh, uh, oh my, RadioCastFM.com, and uh, 
I would allow swearing, but I would pre-record the shows and I would bleep out the swearing, you know, and it was just, it was too right. much. So when we lost RadioCast, I, I didn't care. I just, you know, let it, let it rip. I don't care. But you, you, you're, now, you're not wrong. It, it, it should, there, there, there is a place for censorship, especially if you want a, a broader audience. So Now with Weeby Geeks, if I have a guest on that is, uh, and they swear, um, I don't even fight it anymore. I just, <laughs> okay, leave it. Uh, nice thing about the the plugin I use on my website is I could take each individual episode and say, "This one's explicit. This one's clean," and away we go. So right. if it's explicit, I label it explicit and don't look back. That's that's pretty much what I do with this. I mean, uh, we're, the places I release is I, I do let people know that if if it's uh if it's you know vulgar or explicit, like you said, then. Uh, you know, it's marked as such, but if it's family friendly or kid oriented, then, you know, absolutely, you know, for all ages, I, I, I do try to at least label it that way. So nobody gets broadsided like, oh, look, a Star Wars show. F this, F that, F this, F that. Oh, my kid can't listen to that. <laughs> uh, I know. I know of a Star Wars show that's like that. <laughs> and um, I, I question how much they actually talk about Star Wars. Hmm. Because they're more focused on talking about beer and IPAs than they are Star Wars. Oh, is that that... Uh, I don't want to throw people out under the bus. That's that drunken Jedi, or so, I, I think he's called, or something? Uh, we'll talk after show. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it for after that. Um, yeah, I'd get the Journal of the Jedi was born from... Uh, well, one, I had two other Star Wars shows that used to be part of Realm of the Mist... Uh, that were controlled by other people, and uh, when they left the the, uh, the 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 company, for lack of a better term here, uh, I created Journal of the Jedi to replace them. Uh, right. However, I, the idea of even a Star Wars show was actually born from Collider's Jedi Council. It was actually the the Star Wars show that made me want to sit down and discuss Star Wars. So, what was uh, from? For me, it was the original Force cast when Jimmy and Jason were on the show okay. and hosted the show. Okay. Um, so that that was the Star Wars show that got it for me. Because um, it seemed like that was the one every, everyone was listening to back around 2010. Okay, and then since then I listened to several others, and I used to listen to their new show, which is Rebel Force Radio. Um, but the the way their contents changed some, and um, it, it just doesn't fit my vibe anymore for Star Wars for for Star Wars podcasts. And I've got so many others I listen to now. Well, as I believe I told you all fair before, uh, even though I'm no longer business-wise associated with the uh, two former shows that were on here, I would, they're still running strong, and I would highly recommend you to check them out if you wanted to, or even contact their hosts and uh, you know do, do something with them as well. Um, Brian Miller and his Star Wars Canon podcast is an absolute uh, delight. It used to be known as Star Wars Canon Library, and he mainly he mainly dealt with uh, uh, the canon stuff as far as books and comic books were concerned. 
but he, he does delve into the movies and stuff as well, the lore, you know. And then, of right. course, there's uh, War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast, which is uh, John Mark Tully is the host. And he he used, he was one of the first members of Realm of the Mist. And, you know, his his show, it's, I, I, it's still trying to find its identity, but he does have great ideas. Like, uh, for example, he's done... Uh, a run of all the the lore of the female characters of Star Wars, and you know he's done what if series, you know like what if uh, Anakin hadn't turned to the dark side, or what if like speculation type shows, which are very fun and entertaining. But uh, War of the Stars still is trying to find its exact identity of what it is to be. Right now, it's still like a, a mosh posh of whatever comes to mind is what they talk about. <laughs> right. But two great, uh, great hosts, and uh, highly recommend their shows, guys. If you're a Star Wars fan, go check it out. I believe I am following War of the Stars, and they're following me back on Twitter. Yep, that would so, be him. <laughs> but yeah, you can find you can find them on uh, on pretty much where you can find podcasts, YouTube, on on iTunes, etc. Exert, you know, so. Right. Not just not just for you, for everybody listening at home. If you want more Star Wars content, I highly recommend those too. Um, but just uh, what is it that made you want to feel like you had something to say about Star Wars? Like uh, to, to give you an example, um, as I said, I, I was brought in from from Jedi Council, but I didn't always agree with their points of view, and it my involvement into the Star Wars podcast community was really like almost like a rebuttal to their reviews. For for me, it's um, with my other shows, and then one uh, with my one co-host, and then uh, my other co-host who actually runs. He, it's funny, Ken and Kylan, and Kylan's one of my co-hosts on Mighty Marvel Geeks. Both run a show called Geek Watch One. Okay. Um, Ken, we would always. You know, after we bring Geek Watch One onto We Be Geeks, we'd be oh, we should we should talk Star Wars. We should be talking Star Wars, <laughs> all the Star Wars talk. We should be. And uh, Derek's like, yeah, I would love to talk more Star Wars. And Wookiee Radio was born out of that. Just <laughs> we're like, why didn't we do this sooner? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it, it's. Uh, it, it was um, just that that simple, and we we originally started off recording two shows a night. Oh wow! Or no, no, we were going to record every other week, and then we were going to go uh, two shows. Then we were recording two shows a night when we first got invited to come on to um, Sorcerer Radio. Because we were still going to keep it at twice a twice a week, okay. Uh, and we were recording, or twice a month, and we were recording on Saturday nights. Well, since the show airs on Sorcerer Radio on Saturday nights, like, well, we need to move the day, so I got time to edit and get it on, get it uploaded to their server, so we could have it. Right. Um. So with that, it became. Um, we started doing um, 
we started going weekly. Wow. And been weekly every ever since. So I'm I'm recording three nights a week. Okay. And so I, so each show has its own night. But again, it's not live. You uh you you pre-record no. and yeah. We okay. pre-record and then and then put it out. Yeah. Okay. And people can find this where? So that we could check um, out your show. The website is uh wookieradio.net, but pretty much any any podcast platform you listen to, we're there. If we're not, uh, drop me a line at mike at wookieradio.net, and uh, I'll, I'll try and get it on that platform. I'm pulling up Podcast Addict right now as we speak. <laughs> I think I'm on Podcast Addict. Well, good. Then I'll find you. Actually, you'll oh. find uh, Dumb Scum and Villainy on there if you go look for them. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I listen to them from. But, uh, yeah, so um, what are some of your favorite topic, topics of conversation to tackle on your show? Like, there, I know I know you um, probably hit a bro- broad range, but, like, what are some of the ones that, like, seem to light the most fire out of your soul when you're like, oh, yeah, let's talk about this? Um, the one that puts me on a soapbox is when we get talk get talking about uh, the old EU okay. and how people are are clamoring. Oh, we we can't we don't like Disney because they ditched the old EU and we want the old EU back because we want the original canon back. It's like, uh, hello guys. George Lucas himself even said the original EU. This is before he even turned it over, turned Lucasfilm over to Disney. The old EU was never canon. I think. I think Period. the only thing. I think the only thing he ever said was was. I don't know if he ever said it was actually canon or it would be considered canon. Was uh, Timothy Zahn's uh, Thrawn trilogy? Thrawn trilogy. Yeah. Heir to the Empire. Heir to the Empire. But beyond that, yeah, everything else has always been just, for he, lack of a better he, term, fan fiction. He hated Mara Jade. <laughs> I don't understand I mean, why he hated Mara Jade, but he he just because the whole it went the whole route of she eventually married Luke and the Jedi did not get married. The Jedi did not have relationships. Even though we come find out you know yeah. Anakin did, but you know we see what happens with Anakin. Well, I was about um, to say there was a purpose behind that. <laughs> but, but we also find out too that you know Obi Wan had a relationship with with Satine. Um, we find that out in Clone Wars when when he goes back to um, when he goes to Mandalore back during the whole Death Watch. I was fully expecting arc. Ray to be born from that lineage. By the way, I, I was really expecting that deep cut. I. I'm not surprised by but spoilers by the uh, Palpatine uh, story arc, yeah. but I was really I was really rooting for the Obi Wan story arc because of the Satine and how subtle it was. Um, I wasn't sure. I know I made some comments on on Wookie Radio, but to be honest with you, I don't remember <laughs> what I've said. Um. But I think at one point we kind of called Palpatine because you know her fighting style was very similar, right, to Palpatine. 
I think the only thing I was I was kind of right or half right about with that whole entire who's raised parent lineage thing, I was right about two things. One, I knew in Last Jedi that that Kylo was full of crap. Well, he wasn't, but he was giving a certain point of view answer to it. Like I knew it was right. a red herring, but uh, I also knew at the end that Ray would be a Skywalker. Now, granted, I didn't see them choosing it to be that she just took on the name, but. Right. So I guess it's kind of semantics, but I knew Ray would be a Skywalker at the end of it. It, it didn't bother me that she took the name Skywalker. I would have been. I think. I think I would have been a little bit more satisfied if she took on the name Organa. I don't know. I, I kind of like the Skywalker because even though you know Leia was was an Organa, uh, uh, you know, was uh, adopted Organa, she was Skywalker through and through. And, right. You know, and I think. I think because she saw the good in Ben, even though Ben was a solo, you know, knowing that he's a Skywalker lineage and, and Luke, his redemption through her, because he was, he really needed the redemption through her, which a lot of people seem to forget about in the last Jedi was like, okay, they're all disappointed that Luke took this bad turn, you know, and became, and became this crabby old hermit that drinks green milk. But right. the story arc isn't necessarily that Luke, you know, fell from grace because, well, let's face it. That's been set up in the original trilogy. Luke's impatient, brash, and when things go wrong, he has a habit of brooding over it, whining over it, and then taking right. on the fact that he learned from Obi-Wan and Yoda, two guys who, when they failed at something, what did they do? They went into hiding and became hermits. It's kind of what he knew to do. Uh, but right. but that dark and brooding side, the, the story arc of it was Ray was the one who brought him out of that. Ray was the one who who refocused his purpose, right? You know, and then whether you agree with that or not, because I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, she's a Mary Sue" or whatever. But that was the story arc they were trying to tell, and it, it, when you look at it from that standpoint, Luke's story arc was a lot better than people gave it credit for. Yeah, um, a lot of people when we would talk about it at work, they they called Luke a pansy. You know, that's not the Luke we had from the original trilogy. You know, if he knew his friends were in trouble, why didn't he just go and do something? Why didn't he go and stay hidden? Well, look who look who he had for mentors. <laughs> I mean, hello. Um, it's like an, another one that recently we we've been we talk about that that's kind of gotten me. Uh, this was a recent conversation. Um, the, everyone complaining about how horrible the the current trilogy is in comparison to the prequels and the pre- and the prequels were such a great trilogy um okay <laughs> no and let me explain look at the original trilogy the original trilogy was mediocre as well i mean call it, it what it is yeah I mean, it was it was mediocre, um, but it came in a time period where everything was so it was so fresh and so new. Mediocrity it is one of those times mediocrity was rewarded, right, and rewarded well. So when the prequels came out, again. When you and I saw the original trilogy, we're kids. Mm-hmm. 
So mediocre to us as a kid with these films is God's gift to movies. God's <laughs> gift to playtime. God's gift to sci-fi for us. Um, when the prequels came out, we saw it from our parents' point of view. These are kind of mediocre. Mm-hmm. But who loved it? The kids. And the diehard Star Wars fans. <laughs> well, I, don't get me wrong. I I love the the prequels, but the original trilogy was so much better in my eyes. That, whereas that's... my dad, whereas my dad would be able, you know, if he was alive, he would have told you they were great films, but they're all about the same. Because he saw it as an adult and saw if they were all mediocre, they were all mediocre. The original trilogy, I mean, the, this new trilogy is mediocre. But my daughter loves it. Why? She's a kid. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the films. But Last Jedi is the one I'm the most critical of. You know, you know, it's funny when, when, because you and I are both old heads. Obviously, the the holy tri- holy trilogy is the original trilogy. Uh, that was the lightning in the bottle, as you said. It was mediocre to adults, but to to the rest of us, to the rest of the world, to the kids, to the people that grew up in that time frame when there was nothing else like it on the planet. Greatest thing that ever happened. It was lightning in a bottle. It'll never happen again. The prequels right. and the sequels are absolutely proof that it'll never happen again. However, that being said, I could pick apart. Every single, what is there, 11 Star Wars movies right now? You know, uh, I could pick apart every single one of them from episode one to episode nine. Rogue One, Solo, I could tear them all down and find something wrong with each and every one of them. However, exactly. However, from a fan standpoint, I watch episode one to episode nine with Solo and, and Rogue One in there. And, I mean, if you ask me to list it off, of course, my top one is Empire. My lowest one is Solo. Actually, it's a kind of a battle between Solo and uh, Attack of the Clones. <laughs> yeah. Both of which get beat out completely by either the Holiday Special or the Clone Wars uh, movie. <laughs> See, for, for me, I lo- out of the prequels, Attack of the Clones is my favorite. You you actually liked Attack of the Clones the best. I actually liked Attack of the Clones the best. Uh, that that's interesting. You're one of the first people I've ever talked to that said that. Why 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 is uh, Attack of the Clones your favorite of the prequels? Um, I just I just happen to like the action in it. Uh, I like the whole uh, clones story arc because uh, I love the Clone Wars as well. Um, right. I just I love that whole introduction of okay, now we get the start of the Clone Wars that was talked about in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. We get to see it. Just like we, we got to see you know, Rogue One. Another That was the video game I've, I've wanted to see. <laughs> um, and, and I love Rogue One because of, you know, it, it was the story that was never really told that we always dream, you know, made up what was this and then we finally get to see it and it's like cool now we know too how luke became red five yeah so um 
Rogue One. Rogue One is, by the way, is my number two film, just under Empire. It's actually kind of funny. Same here. Same here. And um, I go, I go Empire. I go Rogue One. Then I go Star Wars. I I go uh, I go Empire, Rogue One. Believe it or not, uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith. See, Revenge of the Sith is, uh, I think I feel is one of the weaker films. I mean, great great ending near the end but this is where uh my co-hosts like to pick on me as i said in the prequels um attack of the clones is my favorite right i i'm not a i think revenge of the sith would be better if they cut out a lot of the love story in it and mainly the apartment sequences. We, they're unnecessary. See, I feel that exact yeah. same way for, for, uh, for Last Jedi. If you cut out things like the whole entire Canto Bite sequence, yes. it would make it a better film. So I, I'm, yeah. actually, I'm actually with you on, the, on this metaphor. I get it. So, so they pick on me with, but that's what Attack of the Clones was nothing but a love story. I said, yeah, but there was a lot more action interwoven it didn't feel like a love story not 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 a love story in the way that it feels like in revenge of the sith i'll i'll slightly agree with you on that i i mean i don't i I don't agree i don't agree that there wasn't as much or as exciting uh adventure in in revenge of the sith but i'll agree that the love story was already in two that they probably could have done without adding it in three and just concentrate it more on this is the ending of the Clone Wars and the rise yeah. of the Empire. They, did, they didn't need to do as much of the love story. We, we get at the beginning, oh, she's pregnant. Okay, cool. <laughs> then we get the one, one apartment scene where the two of them are sleeping together and he has a nightmare that she dies. Mm-hmm. Cool. We don't need to carry that for three more scenes. Right. Three more different scenes. Um, for for me, it was um, Revenge of the Sith, the whole love story thing, played out like how it would play out if you were on the playground. Or if you had your action figures and your... Now, when we were kids, <laughs> how we would have the love stories... With the figures, to me, that's how it played out. And I'm like, okay, that was cheesy way back then. It's cheesy now. So you brought you brought back a weird memory when you're talking about like the, how how we would make films with our action figures or how we would see films. And I don't know why, but the only thing that popped in my head is grabbing all my figures on a day that it snowed, just so I could have a battle on Hoth. Yeah. <laughs> my parent, my parents would get. Or my dad would get something new, and I kept all the white styrofoam and used toothpicks to go into the foothold so I could <laughs> turn it into a hot, hot playset. I was I was one of those kids though, because uh, even even like a uh, different franchise, obviously, but uh, thunderstorms I would look forward to because I would swing open the front door, screen door would be closed, you know, but swing open the front door right. and set up my castle gray skull. You know, for He Man and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I I used for a while as a rebel base. I had the old Fisher Price uh, Little People Castle. Oh God, really? 
um, <laughs> I think it ended up being my brother's, but I turned around and used it for a uh, for base. Nice. I was like, hey, it's about the right size. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, with the hoth, with the hoth scenes and stuff like that. Like I said, I would wait for snow and you know wait for my parents to uh, to shovel off like the, the the porch or the driveway and where yeah. you have where you have the snow mounts and stuff. And then oh, I'd yeah. be out there digging out the the tunnels and then the trenches and putting the t- <laughs> Star Wars figures in those and. I mean that was that was my thing, you know, and uh, so it, it was a weird it was a weird uh, memory you just brought back with mentioning that, like the love scene being what we would do with our toys, you know. Yeah. <laughs> as long as none hey, of us hey. were recreating the Luke Leia kiss from Empire, just let that die. <laughs> then then you would lose them mm-hmm. until the snow melted. I still think there's a uh, frozen lightsaber somewhere in my old backyard growing up. (laughs) (laughs) I fully believe they're in the ground somewhere. (laughs) See, now, if we want to talk lightsabers, I had, I had one of the original play lightsabers where it was the, the vinyl blow up blade that you attached to a flashlight. I didn't have that. I had the plastic one where the, the blade was a hard plastic, but the tip of it, was uh, cut open like a like yeah, a cross so, piece. So when you swung it, it yeah, yeah. I had one of those. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I never had the blow up one though. That's interesting. Yeah, I had the blow up one that came out in seventy eight. Yeah, the one the one I had was Luke's green lightsaber, so it was it had to be eighty three, eighty four. Well, they knew it was kind of bad when it came with patch kits. so you you know there you know there were some issues that there were some potential issues when it came with uh patch kits i think i think my mother broke down and bought me the uh the the luke lightsaber when i was a kid because she got tired of me stealing her broomsticks (laughs) you know because she she'd buy a green or a blue or red broomstick and automatically i was taking it and you know, wrapping electrical tape around the one part that would be the hilt and then yeah. be outside with my buddies, you know, <laughs> with my lightsaber. Yeah. What the hell yeah. happened to my broom? <laughs> uh, nothing. <laughs> nothing. I don't know. Did you throw it away? <laughs> I, th- I, I thoroughly believe that my mother bought me that lightsaber just so I would leave her brooms alone. <laughs> but, uh, God, that's just what 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 else what else what other great little toy memories do you have? Oh, uh, because this this one's interesting. I, this is a conversation I don't Ken- normally get get to have. The, is the old Kenner commercials? The commercials, just the old Kenner commercials back in the day, which you can find on oh, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, like when you had the commercial and you got the um, uh. Like when they talked about mail away for the rocket launching Boba Fett, which never came to fruition. Yeah. <laughs> See, I remember, I remember, and I still have it actually. Uh, I remember, like uh, Emperor Palpatine was a mail away. You couldn't buy him in stores. You had you had to mail off to get him when he when, um, when Jedi first yeah. came out. You know, uh, and, Palpatine was a mail away. Fett was a mail away. I believe. Jabba was as well, like the Jabba playset or the original Jabba playset. No, uh, there was a 
Empire Strikes Back accessory kit mail away that came with a couple uh, Hoth Rebel Trooper backpacks, the Minoc masks, uh, some more guns, <laughs> and something else. Um, there was the the figure stand was a mail away that had the X-Wing and TIE Fighter cardboard background. Okay. That was a giveaway. Mail away. Um, I want to say there was another besides Boba Fett. I thought there was another. There might have been. Another mail away. Talking about I can almost remember the original Jabba where he was sitting on the little, uh, his little platform, but the platform would open up so it would be, quote-unquote, the Sarlacc pit. See, I remember buying that in the store. I don't know if that was second gen, though. I think first gen was mail-away only. I can't remember, though. I, I, I could be wrong, you know. So people listening in, uh, comment section down below, if you remember, was it a mail-away or am I just completely wrong on that? Um. I know later on it was available in stores. I just, I, I almost feel like it first started off as a mail away. Maybe it's not. Maybe it was Bib Fortuna that was a mail away, for all I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm looking on, um, on rebel, rebelscum.com. <laughs> Cheat sheets. Uh, 79 Fet. That was a boat. That was, that was a mail away. It wasn't the uh, breakaway 3PO from Empire, was it? No. No. No, he wasn't the no. mail away. Um, you, had me, you had me thinking about it now. I, uh, Yeah. See, I forgot about Boba Fett being a mail away, but I fully remembered uh, uh, Palpatine was the mail away. He was, he, Akbar was a mail away. Originally, okay. Admiral Akbar was a mail away. All right, so I was wrong. <laughs> I remember. I remember Akbar being a, a mail away. Um. Well, now you have me wondering: Did I even have him growing up? I don't know. <laughs> too long ago. Too many figures. Too many lost figures. See, they don't. I really don't list them as Mellowways on here. Hmm. That, so, that would be... But now I'm still curious. <laughs> He's going to look it up, folks. We're going to get that answer today. So, uh, what was your overall impression of the of the new trilogy while you're, while you're looking that up? Uh, like, I obviously, it, it's, not, it's not the original trilogy. Obviously, it's not even the prequel trilogy, but for what it was, what was your overall impression of the sequels? Um, I enjoyed it because I enjoyed watching my daughter enjoy it. Okay. And, and that, that was the thing for me being a dad. Um, like when we took her, took her to see force awakens, um, my dad was still alive. So we got to, there was that three generations watching it, mm -hmm. watching a film, two of us having seen 
the first two sequels with no problems, but her experiencing the movies in the theater for the first time. So I kind of watched myself watching her more than I did watching the film, but I, I enjoyed the film quite a bit. Um, so, um, so I, I enjoyed that. Um, that I think for me, that's where I get the joy with, with these films is even though I'm critical and, and she's critical and, and she has force awakens in her top five. All right. But it's funny. She doesn't have last Jedi in her top five, but she'll watch it. And she enjoys watching it, so it's like okay, th- this is this is wild that how she comes up with this, but it, it's it's her, and, and I love watching her um, make up her her own her own mind, her own uh, decisions, and, and develop her own interest. Well, of course, and I agree with you because I got two young children as well. And like my daughter, like you, my daughter uh, absolutely adores. Like her two favorite Star Wars characters of all time are are Darth Vader and Rey. Uh, she, you know, because I, I before I set them down, they were they were still a little too young to take to the theater when Force Awakens came out and Last Jedi. So I sat them down and I I did them right. I made them watch the original trilogy, then the prequels. And then finally, Force Awakens, and you know, so see, I, I I did the same thing, but with my daughter, I had her watch the original trilogy, how we saw them in the theaters, <laughs> because I've got the DVDs where the bonus discs. Well, I have the DVDs when they first were released, but I also have the DVDs where the bonus discs was the unaltered, the unaltered, um. The unaltered cut, right, in the 2.0 sound. Okay, yeah, I didn't get to do that for my kids. They, they unfortunately they they went with special editions because that's what I had, you know, Blu-rays. But because uh, I still have the original trilogy unaltered and all that, but it's VHS. Okay, who has a VHS player anymore? Uh, so <laughs> I I hear you, but I still I still have them. <laughs> I still have them. I just can't play them for the kids because I don't have a VHS so, player. I I have all the I have a copy of each VHS movie up through Phantom Menace. Okay. Phantom Menace was the last one released on VHS. Was it? Because I, I remember owning the other two on VHS. Uh, Attack of the Clones was released on VHS overseas. Revenge of the Sith never released. Maybe I'm wrong then. All right, uh, I don't. I don't have the uh, prequel trilogies on VHS, but I could have sworn. I could have sworn I did at one point. I there were wrong. there were like there were like three co- three different variations of um, the original trilogy. There was the original trilogy uh, as is. Um, then there was the cleaned up version, and then there was the silver and gold special editions. There was the cleanup version that introduced surround sound, and then there was the special editions. Right. Yeah. 
So, but yeah, I have the, uh, I still have the special editions and all that too, but, uh, yeah, I have the, I don't have the original one. I, I have the, uh, the THX remastered. Okay. Now here, here. So I found the answer about the mellow ways. Up oh, here it is. All right. <laughs> so the original mellow way was the early bird kit. Yeah. I remember which you that. paid for. You, you bought, you paid for, you sent it in, you got, um, there were the stickers, the melon form, et cetera, et cetera. And the infamous IOU cardboard diorama the in the box. empty box. Um, and then they would come afterwards. Soon after, uh, the first bonafide Mellaway was the legendary rocket-firing, quote-unquote, Boba Fett. Um, Boba Fett made his first appearance in the... Star Wars holiday special, and Kenner decided to release him as a mail away in advance of Empire Strikes Back. If I'm not this mistaken, mail- that was the white suited Boba Fett at the time, right? Because they did, really no. didn't set a settle on no, his color yet. No, it was still the color. Okay, because they took the color from the from the holiday special. He was right. colored in the holiday special. You're right. You're right. You're right. I should know um, that I have it. The. Uh, <laughs> So after that, um, we were supposed to get the rocket launching, but it had the rocket, but it did not have, it was not launching. Ah, fail. Uh, yep. Well, that's because there, there was some safety issues because of another, because of a Battlestar Galactica toy. In which the spring-loaded missile got shot down some kid's throat and he choked on it. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Supposedly. <laughs> um, after that, um, Kenner would do several more mail-away offers in the next couple years, including a sneak preview of Bosk. I forgot about Bosk. Yeah, we all forget about Bosk. Um, I think that's how I first got Bosk, was Mail Away. Uh, weapons, the Weapons Pack, which we talked about. Right. And Admiral Akbar. Okay. Um, and then afterwards, uh, there was a... Um, came the Emperor in 1983. Okay, so I was... I was- Obviously correct about the emperor. That one I remembered. That was the one I remembered the most. Is, is really as far as the mail away. That that was the last one I got. Because the one after that was um, the elder Anakin Skywalker in ghost form. Or no, not in ghost form, but as he appeared at the end of the original cut, Return of the Jedi. Right in um, his Jedi robes. Robert Shaw, I think it was. I think so. The Robert Shaw of Anakin. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot you could order that. You're right. And it was essentially the body of of uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, except the hand fixed, so there's no lightsaber in it, <laughs> and, cut, and, and the brown changed to to white. The br- the brown changed to gray. Yeah. <laughs> and the beard gone. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, and then a head change. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny, though. But I forgot about that. I forgot you could get the original Anakin that way. Because when you first said An- Ghost Anakin, the first thing I was thinking of was the uh, the power of the Force figures where you were able to pick up right. the uh, uh, Obi-Wan, Yoda, and Anakin all as, as ghost forms. Yeah. Like, blue yeah. see-through. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, that was I the last time that... Robert Shaw was the the look of Anakin, too, was, was yeah. that set. Yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. Because ever since then, it's been Hayden Christensen. <laughs> Love or hate it, it's been Hayden Christensen ever since. I don't know. That, that, that's something. Let me get your opinion on. That's something that's, that's kind of sat with me a weird way. Um, I understand what they were doing with putting Hayden as the Force Ghost of Anakin. Because that was the last time he was a Jedi or a good guy. Was That's how right. he looked. But I almost feel it was kind of silly to, and I, I, I know I'm going to get slammed by people for saying this. It almost seems silly to me that if you're going to make Hayden the the young Anakin as a Force ghost, why you wouldn't give Obi Wan the same due? You know, God forbid, right. I don't want to replace Alec, uh, Sir Alec Guinness in any way, shape, or form. But it just seems like wouldn't it be wouldn't it have been better to have you know Ewan McGregor? appear as the force ghosts oh but then again i guess it would change the whole trilogy wouldn't it yeah well and if that's the case why didn't they go back in with him when he's unmasked and age hayden christensen in that i don't think that would put him as good they should they should have left it with robert shaw I, I agree. I I fully agree. That's that. That was kind of my argument. Was like you know I don't necessarily agree with the Anakin, although I understand the reasonings. But if you do that with one, why wouldn't you do it with the other? Meaning, I would rather have had Robert Shaw and Alec Guinness standing there as opposed to Hayden and Ewan as the Force Ghost characters, because it just makes more sense to me. But what right. do I know? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that maybe that was an apology to Hayden for all the hate that people were giving his acting to the uh, to the trilogy. I, yeah, I never I never understood. Uh, was there ever an explanation on why they he decided to use Hayden? Like, I know I like I said I I pretty much it's a fan theory. Really, uh, I pretty much always looked at it as like, well, that was the last time Anakin was Anakin before he became Vader. So that's why that's why he's. Looks like that now, but did Lu- did Lucas ever give an official reason for for that change? Not, not that I remember hearing. Doesn't mean one wasn't given. I just don't remember hearing it. Okay. What's the future of the franchise besides Mandalorian and, and Clone Wars and an Obi One and a, uh, a Cassian TV series? Uh, well, they're saying now potential Ahsoka series. See, we were gonna t- we were gonna talk a little bit of the Clone Wars, and and actually, that's one of the things that does kind of bug me. Uh, Clone Wars. I, I, I don't get me wrong; I'm enjoying the season so far, and I love the fact that we're getting to see Ahsoka again. But I'm kind of disappointed that they wasted four episodes on Ahsoka hanging out with these. Two girls from 1313. When we know we're only getting one season of Clone Wars and we're not spending any time in the Clone Wars. 
Instead, we're dealing with with Ahsoka dealing with the Pikes. Who who cares? Yeah. It it to me to me it's like uh it, it seems like a wasted opportunity to not only tell more stories of leading up to Revenge of the Sith, which is what Clone Wars is supposed to do, but also if you want to tell a story like that about Ahsoka, then have a spinoff series for Ahsoka. Right. Just my thought. I mean, what do you what do you think on it? Um, I think the spinoff series we're going to get is going to be set during the time of the Mandalorian. Okay. Um, just just because I I believe that's the way it's gonna that's the way it's gonna be. Um, is that why there's talks of a live action Ahsoka appearing on the Mandalorian? You think so? That yeah, way they could spin her yeah. off. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's already confirmed. She's in the Mandalorian. It, it's Rosaria it Dawson. Dawson. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, has always been my choice for Ahsoka. <laughs> I've had that theoretic uh, conversation with um, people before. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have minded seeing Ashley Eckstein continue it. Um, but knowing Ashley, I think, and, and knowing, and and what we see of Rosario Dawson, Ashley is a little small for how. Um, for how she's supposed to be. Okay. I mean, if we look at her in the, uh, um, in the Clone Wars or in uh, in Rebels, I mean, she's taller, and I'm not talking because of her her uh, headpiece, her head tails. Um, it's the height wise, she's taller. I mean, she's almost looking eye to eye with Kanan. Right. Ashley can't do that. Well, see that the the reason I always looked at Rosario Dawson when we when we would speculate about a live action Ahsoka, what came to my mind was the the playful innocence that is in the character of Ahsoka from the Clone Wars. You know, before before the downfall with the Jedi and all that. Um, and I always compared it to Rosario's performance in in. Believe it or not, Clerks too. Yeah, that doughy-eyed innocence that she was able to portray, and that that quick, quick smile that she was able to pull out, I could see in orange and 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 white face paint. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and that's why it's like I can always see her playing Ahsoka because because of that factor. Like I felt she had the facial structure for it. Right. So <laughs> when they when they announced it, I thought. You know, until until I saw like a reputable site saying it, I was sitting there going, "Yeah, fan theory. You're not the first one to think that." You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> until, right. Right. Until official confirmation. But I, I this is the first I'm hearing that they that they're going to use it as a jumping off point to an Ahsoka spinoff. Yeah, I I think there it is going to be a um, that jumping off point for for the spinoff. Well, look at that, guys. I didn't think this episode would have any new news, and here's something I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, that that's absolutely awesome. But, I mean, as far as movie-wise, I mean, we were supposed to get the Ryan Johnson trilogy. That got scrapped. Uh, we were supposed to have the uh, uh, Game of Thrones guys, uh, Benioff yeah. and Weiss, 
doing the Indeed. Knights of the Old Republic. And that got canned, which pisses me off to no end, because you don't hire the guys from Game of Thrones and not do fucking Knights of the Old Republic. Well, well, Old they, Republic era, you know. They bailed on their own. Yeah, I know, but... Because yeah. Netflix offered them more money, which I don't buy. Yeah, you know what, though? You got to look at it this way. And again, we, we talked about this from, from like a fan or a parent standpoint, but let's look at it from a from a, a business standpoint. Okay, even if it's more money now from Netflix, here's a chance to immortalize yourself in one of the greatest fran- movie franchises ever. Yeah. Which means it'll pay off down the It's almost like an investment. You yep. will receive royalties for the rest of your life for the film you create now. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't buy Netflix thing, or at least they left because of Netflix offering more money. Because to me, I, I don't either. Because to me, it's like it. It seems like it'd be more money in the long run just to release. Like, like yeah. Ron Ron Howard's never going to hurt. Not that he ever did to begin with, but he's never going to hurt again for another dime, thanks to Solo. Even though Solo was in Star Wars terms, a flop. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's still Star Wars. He's still going to make money every time somebody buys a Kira doll. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or a copy of uh, Solo on DVD. He's going to make royalties the rest of his life on that one film. Benioff and Weiss would be retarded. Forgive me. But, you know, would be absolutely stupid. To not take that deal, I I agree. I agree. Yeah. So yeah, I I don't buy that. There there has to be something else involved there. Honestly, if if you want my opinion, and I, I don't I don't want to like rock any boats with anybody that you may have connections to. Uh, but I think I think the a lot of the problems for Star Wars lead all the way back once again to Kathleen Kennedy. I don't think she understands the franchise the way that. I think Lucas wanted her to. Hi, Amber. Uh, I don't know. See, a lot of it is people are going, well, you know, they hear Lucas, Lucas is upset because they didn't go with his story treatment that he put out there and left for him. Uh, I'm like, well, okay. Lucas walked away with $4.5 billion. Lucas can care less. But look at what... Um, you know, a lot of people complain about the whole midichlorian thing. He was going to go another level deeper with the wills and make them something microcosmic. Than the midichlorians. But the thing is, is also people and, and, and people read too much. In, people off. It, it would have, but I think people read way too, fans read way too much into midichlorians. Like, forget Jake Lloyd's uh, after school special question of, I've been wondering, what are midichlorians? And, and really delve down to it, midichlorians was a throwaway line just to help explain why Anakin was as powerful as Anakin was. It was, an, it was an attempt to quantify the unquantifiable and to explain why right. the force is in everything, but only Jedi have the ability to use it 
because of this microscopic organism. That's all it was. It didn't take away from the mysticism or anything else. It was just, an, it was a, it was a, for lack of a better term, it was a MacGuffin to explain why Anakin was the chosen one. Yeah. The end. Yeah. People read way too much into midichlorians for a throwaway line. Let's <laughs> be oh, real. Yeah. It, 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 it didn't change like Yoda's wisdom and empire about the forces all around and luminous beings we are and you know that still stands it's just it gave an explanation on why jedis are the only ones able to actually call upon the force and use them that certain people are born with that ability and certain people are not right that's all it was but you know presentation is everything (laughs) oh yeah I, I think I think if you had better better performances out of uh Liam Neeson and, and Jake Lloyd delivering those lines. I and of course if it was if the lines were written better. Because I can't I can't blame the actors all the time. Like uh I, I'm one of those defenders of Hayden Christensen. It wasn't Hayden's wooden acting, it was Lucas's dialogue that kinda killed Anakin. Yeah. <laughs> but uh you know the long, the long and the short of it is, is that I, I think, I think, had it been presented better, people wouldn't have had an issue with midichlorians. Yeah, and that's the problem. It wasn't presented well. Uh, it felt like it was a a rushed explanation to to justify why he was the chosen one. Mm-hmm. That's what, it, and and really, that whole entire thing was just to justify the the line that it really justified was not the after school special line, like I said, where Obi or uh, Qui Gon and uh, and Anakin are like, "What are midichlorians?" Well, they're microscopic life forms. That was an over extension explanation of one simple lines. Was when Qui Gon took the blood sample from Anakin, sent it to Obi Wan, and Obi Wan said his midichlorian counts over twenty thousand. That's even higher than Master Yoda's. Right. That's all it was for. Now, if you would have taken out that midichlorian after school special line, people would have just accepted that, that midichlorians was a way for them to quantify how powerful somebody is in the force, and that would have been the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> That's my personal opinion. I think I think it was the over-explanation that people read too much into. I agree. I agree. But what do I know? I'm just a guy who lives in Philly who runs a podcast through his computer. Hey, I we're just fans. We're, we're a voice. Whether they listen to us or not, it's a whole other story. Absolutely, absolutely. And and understand, I mean, there are times, and I've said this before on previous uh, Star Wars shows that I was on or whatever, there are times where I may sound like I'm being critical, especially as somebody who may not agree to, to, to my point of view in the films or whatever, I don't don't get me wrong. If you didn't like something in a film, or you didn't like that particular trilogy, or you didn't like uh, that particular line of dialogue that I may have liked, that doesn't mean I'm right and you're wrong. No, you're absolutely entitled to your opinion. Right, but unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there who they're going to tell you, no, I'm right, you're wrong. 
you shouldn't be feeling that way because you're an idiot and you don't know enough about Star Wars and this is uh, those are those are the ones that piss me off the most. Uh, if there if there is a group of fans that, fandom within the Star Wars uh, fa- fan base that that piss me off to no end is what I call the Star Wars elitists, the ones who, as far as they're concerned, nothing yep. exists except for the original trilogy and the extended universe novels. Yep, those are Bible. Everything else is, is hedonism, and they're the and they're the ones who. Um, they're the ones who are uh, the ones that will tell you you are you're wrong. They're right, whether they're whether they're right or wrong in general. Well, that that's kind of that's kind of my point. The thing the thing that pisses me off about them is that. As far as they're concerned, that's the only thing that exists. And if you enjoy any more than that, you're not a real Star Wars fan. Barred from the fact that, God forbid, people just enjoy what they want to enjoy. If the prequels are their thing, let them enjoy the prequels. If the sequels are their thing, let them enjoy the sequel. If the new canon books are their thing or the new canon comics are their thing, let them enjoy it. Dude, nobody's telling you you can't watch the original trilogy and read the old canon or the Legends novels. They're still available. You could watch them to your heart's content, but don't hate somebody else because they watch the rest of it or read right. the rest of it. That's the problem. Like, I, there are, to give you an example, on the opposite of the coin, there are Legends books that I absolutely adore. We just mentioned it with the, uh, the, the Heir to the Empire the trilogy. Empire. was an absolute great, great series. Uh, the Hand of Thrawn series, basically anything by Timothy Zahn, you know, is absolutely phenomenal. Uh Anything from John Jackson Miller is absolutely phenomenal. But yep. then I also remember things that absolutely piss me off that I'm glad are destroyed from the EU. Things like Chewie being crushed by a moon. Yeah. Rogue Planet. <laughs> I'm glad these books are not canon anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so... That there's good and bad in both, and, and even with the new canon, I mean, come on, look at look at a uh, uh, heir to the Jedi. I believe it's the book, yeah. the, the first yeah. one, where Luke walks in on an alien masturbating. There's just some things that are not good, regardless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but on the on the other side of those, though, I loved from the Clone Wars era. I loved the whole Republic Commando line. Republic Commando was awesome. The X-Wings uh, series. Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, yep. I could live without the Yuzan Vong, but uh, uh, Children of the Force, I believe it was, where where Luke was uh, first setting up his Jedi Temple at Yavin 4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great series. Yep. You know, the, the there were some great series within the extended universe, and and they're still available. Disney bought the property and said this shit is no longer canon, but they didn't say we're taking it off the shelves and not producing it. It's but, still but available. It but it wasn't Disney who said that. It was Lucasfilm who came out and said it. Well, fair fair enough, but uh, Lucasfilm came out and said, um. We need to. We're, we're we're getting a chance to start over. 
We're starting over. And at this point in time, everything previous to this point, except for the Sons of Death and Mirror arc from Dark Horse Comics. Right. The original uh, Straczynski Clone Wars and any of the game stuff is not canon. Point blank. From here forward will be canon and we will do our best to bring in the best parts of the old EU back into canon. But here's the thing. Even though they said that, and that, that, that's the point I was going to, it didn't mean they put a stop on the Legends series at all, the EU. No. They're no. still available. They're still producing them. They're still letting them be re-released. They may have new covers saying Legends on them, but, the, you know, Lucasfilm, Disney, Del Rey, whoever, is still putting these books out. You can still get them. Yeah. They're just not canon. That's all. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know, they're, they're slowly going to be difficult to find because they're not going to be as produced. I think but you can still you can still get a lot a lot of it. I, I think I think there's a I think there's a happy medium people could have, and I, I I've stated this before on uh, on one of those other shows I talked about before. As much as it's cool that they're releasing canon material, and a lot of the canon material has been good. The Ahsoka series is phenomenal. The New Thrawn series has been extraordinary. The, uh, the Dooku book is amazing. I haven't read Dooku's yet. Uh, it's actually it's actually an audiobook. The uh, the actual book that's come out is just the script to the to the audiobook. Okay, because the audiobook's done dramatized. Okay. I have to check that That's out. Ama- it's amazing. Uh, Lords of the Sith, absolutely amazing. Uh, Lost Star, obviously, was like one of the pinnacles of, of the new canon. So I mean, I loved some... Aftermath. A lot of people are very critical of Aftermath. I'm very like... critical of the author, but I, I like loved... I like the last two books. I didn't like the first one. The first one was actually slow to me, but Empire's End and the uh, the other one, I, I can't remember its name. Off the top, top of my, my head, uh, you know, like the second and third book of the trilogy, I thought were phenomenal. But the first one was a little slow for me. Yeah, I can see that. Um, But, uh, yeah, I, like I said, as, as much as the new canon, there's a lot of great stuff in there. But I think a happy medium for, for the EU fans is there's not, uh, to my mind, Del Rey, Lucasfilm. There's nothing that says you guys can't let authors still write fan fiction. Just let them write in the uh, Legends series in, in the EU. Well, what they're doing now is any author that anything being written now is all going to be part of canon. Uh, which is, gr- I think is great because now we have a definitive um, what's going on and what's happening. Because um, for me, in the comic side, I love Doctor Afra. See, I I was not a fan of Afra. I love Afra. Um, I loved her in the first Vader series. I loved her in uh, now the Vader series. series. Now the Vader series is both Vader series and Vader Down. Oh my God! Yeah, Vader wow. Down was great. Screaming <laughs> Citadel was great. But as far as Dr. Afra, I think it's the character. I think it's the character I don't care for because, not because I don't think she's a decent character, 
the best way to describe it is she's a character. She doesn't feel like a Star Wars character. She feels like a character in Star Wars, if that makes sense. She feels like somebody who's playing in the Star Wars universe but isn't a Star Wars person. Uh, I kind of see that. You know, so that kind of takes me out of it with, with her. Now, some of the story arcs that she's involved with, like you said, the Screaming Citadel, the, the, the Vader runs and stuff, like, you know, Star Wars main, main uh, comic series, absolutely phenomenal. But the character itself, I've never gotten into, and it's because she feels like out of place to me. Yeah. See, I, I think she fits right in place. It's I love how they're putting her in spots where she could have existed during yeah we we maybe could have seen her on Moss Eisley right during a new hope or or Star Wars <laughs> uh, say it right <laughs> but you know we we don't see her um at all and I'm hoping we eventually see her I would love to see her in Mandalorian I would love to potentially see her in um, Cassian Endor. Maybe that would um, be the difference makers. Like, like I said, she feels, and I hate using this term, but she feels Disney to me. So maybe the uh, difference would be if we took her off screen and gave her a live action, or even if she appeared in you know one of the episodes of Clone Wars, where they gave me something more fleshed out than what I've right. seen on page, then maybe my opinion would change. But I... I See, that's where I, I disagree because I feel like um, Karen Gillian is coming at it as um, a complete Star Wars thing, not a um, not trying to make her a Disney character. Right. Um, that's why I, I hated using of, that, that phrase, but for lack of a better term. <laughs> uh, I, I actually liked... I, I like her character. Um, I and I, I like what's been done with her. Um, and I and I just think it, it's going to be interesting to see how they continue through. And to be fair for people who are listening that are Doctor Afro fans, I don't say I hate the character. I just no, you're saying you hate the character. No, I'm saying I don't. I don't necessarily. <laughs> I'm not into the character. <laughs> But I, I don't hate the character. Quite honestly, there's only one character in all of Star Wars I absolutely hate. And no, it's not Jar Jar Binks. Oh, really? Who would that be? L337. Oh, yes. Okay. I hate L337 because she was a walking, talking political, a political bias. Who did not belong in Star Wars, and quite honestly, she kind of ruined one of the funnier jokes in Empire Strikes Back. When 3PO is plugged into the Falcon, he says, I don't know where your ship learned to communicate, but it has a most peculiar dialect. Well, now forevermore we know that that dialect is L337, talking about droid liberation. and Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely despise L337. Uh, <laughs> I didn't it didn't bother me um yeah you know, l337 didn't didn't bother me it's but i i could 
but I, I can see where, yeah, maybe she didn't um, really lend herself a lot to to the plot of the movie, except she becomes the the intelligence for the Falcon mm-hmm. in order to help um, in order to to, to help uh, what you call it to help uh, uh, to help them. get them through the Kessel Run, yeah. The yeah, make the, make that Kessel run. Yeah. You know, but the, the, again, that's a nitpick thing. It's like, uh, it, I didn't like the character because I didn't like the fact that it felt like people were forcing points of view on you through the character. Yeah. Okay. Now, I don't care what, what your points of view or political points of view are, whether you agree or disagree with some of the points of view that L337 was pointing out there. I didn't think it belonged in the movie. It really, to me, it took away from the movie instead of just letting the movie flow the way it needed to be, uh, the way yeah. it should have flowed. I can see that. That being said, even with my absolute disdain for, for L337, and trust me, I'm not a big fan of Jar Jar Binks either. You know, I just don't hate him as much as L337. It doesn't mean I fast forward their parts in the films. It's the same with Dr. Africa. Like I said, I may not go and buy Afra's individual comic because I'm not a fan of the character, but it's not like I'm skipping issues of Star Wars or Darth Vader because she's in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm buying her comic, one, because I do like it. Two, I'm completion-wise, I am trying to collect all the current Marvel Star Wars books as they come out. So I have the so I I try and get everything. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, again, with the Afra, I I buy them, but I buy them for my girl. My my wife actually enjoys the, the Afra series, so I buy them for her. So I do have them available to read. I just don't read them. Yeah. Now here here's the other fun one. Marvel Unlimited has a lot of the um, the Legends books from the original Marvel run and the. Um, Dark Horse run nice. on Marvel Unlimited. Which is really so. funny because people who, who like the older stuff, Dark Horse was a great, uh, great franchise for, for Star Wars to be on. I thought the, a lot of the stories on there for the for the uh, EU comic series, is Dark Horse had it, had it on point. But yeah. you, you look at the original Marvel stuff and it was very... Again, for lack of a better term, it was like reading old school G.I. Joe stuff or He-Man stuff. It was it was really out there for Star Wars. But it was great because that's how we got that's how we survived Star Wars in between the films. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, if you if you feed all all the current canon and all the Dark Horse canon then first and then you go back to the original Star Wars runs or Marvel Star Wars runs, that's some weird shit. <laughs> yeah yeah very strange yes, it is. great but strange comparatively absolutely but they, they you're right they're, they're 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 awesome i mean there's a there's a comic shop out here uh up in uh, montgomery county willow grove area and they sell like uh completion encyclopedias for like 150 bucks oh wow including the Star Wars, original Marvel Star Wars runs. And 
I've been promising me myself forever that I'm going to pick those up. <laughs> They're just expensive. But uh, it, it's awesome to see that they have them, and it's like, man, I just want to get them and read them because I know they're going to be so out there. It, the best way I can describe it is like the analogy I can give is, is go watch the original sci-fi, or not the original, but the sci-fi mini-movie Dune. Yeah. And then go back and watch the 1984 Dune. That's what it's like to read current canon first and then go back and read the original Marvel material. (laughs) That's how night and day it is, to to, to my mind. I could be completely wrong, but to my mind. Yeah, yeah, it, it does feel like that at times, yeah. What are you most looking forward to in the uh, that we know of in, in the upcoming stuff for Star Wars? What what what's what's got you most excited? Um, I can't I can't wait for season two of Mandalorian. It, it's really funny that series. When they first announced Mandalorian, I had the same feeling for Mandalorian that I did for Solo. Eh, story I didn't ask for. But it really did wind up being the series that kind of saved Star Wars, isn't it? You didn't ask for it, but you wanted it. I really didn't. I, I'm not. I'm not one of those people that's all in on the Mandalorian culture. Uh, Boba Fett is an overrated character to me. You know, um, his yeah. fa- his fandom is is overrated to me. Like I don't hate Boba Fett. It's just you know I don't see the appeal. So when they were talking about, oh, here's the Mandalorian, I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Like, I'm gonna watch it as Star Wars, but I don't care. I'm not, I'm not uberly excited. And I was wrong. This, this series is phenomenal. It was not what I was expecting it to be. And you know, it, it, first off, this is what happens when you put Star Wars in the hand of somebody who cares. And John right. Favreau absolutely cares. And of course, Dave Filoni is George Lucas Jr. See, we keep saying Filoni needs to be put in a Kevin Feige position mm-hmm. at Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. Let let Kathleen Kennedy still control the company, run the company, um, make the money decisions. But when it comes to the creativity and and storylines and everything, it needs to be. Um, Dave Filoni. Absolutely. And, and like I said, you know, with, with uh, I agree with you 120,000%. And like I said, you know, and then with the with the Mandalorian, you just, Dave Filoni and Kathleen Kennedy, you just give carte blanche to Favreau. Because Favreau eats up Star Wars lore like a fat kid eats cake. Well, I, I think the um, uh, Deborah Chow is a great fit for that as well. Okay. So, I mean, look at her episodes of Mandalorian. They were awesome. Okay, yeah, fair, fair enough. You know, but it's still Favreau's uh, executive producing when he's not directing. I mean, this is kind of yeah. his series. Yeah. You know, so that, that's why I kept saying Favreau. But, yeah, even the individual directors that, that, have, uh, that have been involved, absolutely. But, I mean, you just you give Favreau carte blanche because this if this season did nothing else, it should... You know, put everybody's fears to rest. Of, you know, John knows what he's doing. Whether it's hiring the right directors or making sure the story goes in the right direction, John's got yep. this because John is a legitimate Star Wars fan. 
Oh yeah. I mean, there's no. I I don't doubt. Um, J.J. Abrams is a legit Star Wars fan. Um, I just how he envisioned Star Wars compared to Favreau is is apples and oranges. Oh yeah, it's night and day. It's, so, but you know what? Again, I don't I don't necessarily blame J.J. for the way Star Wars went either. I mean. Two reasons on this. One, there was never a set plan in place for this trilogy, which was a mistake. It, it should have been planned right. out altogether. Number two, and no, I'm not going to go the route that Ryan Johnson went a completely left field approach and J.J. had to damage control with Rise of Skywalker. No, Ryan still couldn't do what Ryan did without J.J.'s approval. And, okay, he was the over, over uh, executive producer of it. So well, he, he J. still J. J. knew J. what was going right. on. Yeah, he still knew what was going on. But besides besides J.J.'s uh, lack of planning for the trilogy beforehand, J.J.'s always had an issue, look at Lost. He's had an issue where he comes out with something phenomenal, and doesn't stick the landing. The ending series of Lost. Does anybody understand what the fuck was going on? Uh, I could. I stopped watching Lost after season one. Actually, after episode three of season one. <laughs> well, that that's kind of my point. Like JJ is a great director and a great storyteller, but the problem is, is JJ sometimes just doesn't know how to end a story. He doesn't know how to tell the end. Yeah. And I think with uh, I, I, Rise of Skywalker, I saw that, I saw that with um, uh, what's my call it, uh, Alias as well. That's right, he was Alias. Well, again, yeah, I love that series. Yeah, it's a good series, but again, it had a it had a terrible ending. Um, Rise of Skywalker, I thought, had a lot of great story beats. But I don't, it felt Abrams to me, where he didn't necessarily stick the landing that he could have. Now, we could argue the points left, right, and six ways from Sunday on so many things going on in the movie that might have been retconning or yeah. was planned all along. And we would probably pull all our hair out trying to figure out which was which. So I'd rather just say, okay, this was Abrams' plan all along, whether it was playing off of what Ryan did or he was planning it all along from from day one. That's what it is. But there were certain story points throughout this whole entire trilogy that just didn't really land at the end. And the things I could point out are things like the Knights of Ren, for example, were a complete waste. Phasma were a complete waste. Uh you know, where the Empire... I, I know they're trying to set up where people buy books and read comics and watch the TV shows and all that, but I mean, how the Empire amassed such a fleet during the time while puppeting uh, the, the, first or, the rise of the First Order. And there, there was just a lot of things that Abrams could have closed the book on in this trilogy that yeah. didn't. Yeah. And I know I'm nitpicking, you know, but I, I enjoyed the film. Oh. I, didn't, I didn't hate the film, but I, I just feel that if you're going to, if this is supposed to be the end of the Skywalker saga, this is the end of this trilogy, this is the end of the whole entire saga. 
you could have you could have ended it tighter than this. Yep. Yeah. That doesn't mean I don't enjoy sitting down and watching it when I sit down and have my Star Wars there marathon. <laughs> uh, I get it. Yeah. But but to me, it, it, it begs for an episode 10, 11, and 12. Uh, see, I don't want 10, 11, and 12. That's my, that's my thing. I don't think we need it. I think, I think it left the door open for it. But if you're going to do it, please, 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 no more Death Star wannabes, no more Palpatine clones. Let it be something. One of the things I was looking forward to the Ryan Johnson trilogy is that it had nothing to do with the Skywalkers. It had nothing to do with what has been set thus far. Yeah. One of the things I was looking forward to the Benioff and Weiss movies, besides it being, you know, the Old Republic, was that it was going to be thousands of years before any of the Star Wars movies. So it was brand new territory. That's, I think it's because of what Benioff and Weiss were rumored to be doing is why we're getting uh, the High Republic era. Um, what is this? I haven't found any. I, I've seen things people talking about it, but I haven't found anything to tell me what the hell the High Republic shit is. High Republic is uh, 400 years before the Skywalker saga. Okay. So it's it's kind of still continuation of the Old West. Jedis are your law keepers. Um, As far as we know, there are no Sith. But what is it that the Jedi are afraid of? We don't know. We're going to find out type thing. This is a um, book series, a comic series. What is it? It's going to be, it's going to be a combination of both and could potentially lead to these characters also being used for either a Disney plus series or potential films. This is what we're speculating. Okay. See, I, I, I've been catching, I've been catching wind of rumors about it, but I didn't know what it was. Anything about it, you know, like I didn't know if it was going to be a, uh, a new cartoon series or a comic book or, or, you know, what, you know, I it's like, what is this high Republic? Is it, is it going to be a new expansion for star Wars, the old Republic MMO, which by the way, right. is still running for EU fans. <laughs> still, yeah. Still running. It's and still running. updating. Yeah. Which is amazing. And is not canon. It's not canon, but yet Lucasfilm and LucasArts are keeping it running with Bioware. Yeah. So, I <laughs> can't say Luke, uh, Lucasfilm completely abandoned the EU. They just didn't make it canon. Yeah. <laughs> and that's proof. But, yeah, I mean, you know, so I didn't know if it was going to be something for that. You know, a new expansion for that or something, which was kind of my first thought when I saw it. Yeah, I I don't think they know. Who? who? Uh, well, they they know. I, it's just there's still more. It's still a tease of, of what's what's going on. Who released the details? Uh, Star Wars, uh, Lucasfilm released the details. Okay. So they're the ones that are putting the feelers out, seeing how people would feel about this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, as long as it wasn't something like a Mike Zeroth uh, <laughs> rumor, <laughs> we know how reliable he is. 
Um, Or El Mayimbe or anything from We Got This Covered. Oh, God, yeah. I I made the mistake of one time believing We Got This Covered, and now that's all I ever see on, like, my Facebook news feed. And almost every single one of them is like, bullshit, 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 if I even pay attention to them and don't just scroll by. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, you know, normally this show is a half an hour, and we've done three episodes. Oh wow! Yeah, we we've been going at it for a while here, uh, so I'm supersized. It's supersized. So that's all right. I was enjoying having the conversation, um, but I definitely think we should be cutting this out here. It's about midnight here. Um, for people who are listening in, we record pre-record these just like you know uh, Wookie Radio, which right now Mike is going to tell you all about and where you can find it and the nights that it's on and where else they can contact um, you. We. We drop the show. Uh, it's it's on Saturday nights at seven o'clock on Sorcerer Radio SRSounds.com. Uh, we drop as a podcast either Sunday or Monday on WookieRadio.net, and you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, hopefully, it's on Podcast Addict. Um, as I Chris was looking earlier, I didn't find it. <laughs> Honest, I didn't find I, it. I think we're there. So I had someone else tell me, uh, good friend of mine listens through Podcast Addict. Uh, and it is Wookie with two E's, not one. Right. People make that mistake as well. W-O-O-K-E-E. Correct. Yep. I'll try again. I didn't, I didn't find um, it the first time, but then again, you know, phone apps. Yeah. <laughs> phone apps are, are absolutely nuts. Um, but yeah, so we're there, um, check us out. Um, so yeah, uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Wookie radio, uh, all one word or, or on all those locations. So radio. Net. Let's try it that way. Of course, and then uh, for contacting you, if anybody wants to contact you, uh, to contact us through the show, it's Wookie at WookieRadio.net, or if you want to contact me direct, it's Mike at WookieRadio.net. All right, great. And guys, of course, uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did in any capacity, hit that thumbs up button, like, share, comment, subscribe, check out all the other great Let's Plays and tabletop content of Sounds Dicey Gaming, and of course the podcast here at Realm of the Mist Out Entertainment. And if you prefer your podcast in audio-only format, you guys, we got you covered. Just look up Realm of the Mist Entertainment on Anchor.fm, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever quality podcasts can be heard, including Podcast Attic. I know that because I have us on there too. Uh, <laughs> guys, thank you very much for hanging out with us. Uh, look forward to me turning the tides a little bit here and uh, one day invading Wookiee Radio. A little bit cleaner mouth, maybe, maybe not. We'll find out. <laughs> but guys, yeah, uh, we're going to talk about that after show as well. <laughs> that's it. But uh, especially, guys, go check out Wookiee Radio. This guy's phenomenal. Uh, give them as much love. Let them know Realm of the Mist sent you, and I will catch you on the next Journal of the Jedi. Have a good night, guys.